being the targeted parent of parental alienation is nothing short of overwhelming and diabolical. The complete destruction, in many cases, of your relationship with your children leaves you feeling overwhelmed, sad, helpless, confused, angry, hurt, every feeling under the sun. I know those feelings all too well. As one of the experts said, in my case, it's the worst case of parental alienation they've ever seen, you know, targeted against a parent, me. So I can definitely empathize. And I, I went and had to learn, how do you navigate this? And so if you're a targeted parent, that's what I want to do today is help you parent from a perspective that's the healthiest and most productive for your children. So I'm going to share three things with you. I will provide you with basic ground rules to follow so you can do the best job you can in navigating this and speaking with your children. I'm going to show you how to respond to the verbal attacks by the alienator. I'm also going to show you how to respond to the verbal attacks from your children as they fall under this diabolical manipulation and psychological devastation and they start to turn against you. I want to give you the, the best information possible out of all the research I've done and had to do for myself to navigate this so that you're not just out there just left alone and not knowing what to do. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Now, before we get started, make sure you head over to my website, KennyWeiss.net, and subscribe. I say that because there are millions of people who can't afford help. And if you do that, there's tons. You're going to find tons of free downloads. Like, for instance, I'm going to share two of them with you today. How to Create Lasting Love and Conquer Confrontation, which will help you with both the alienating parent and your children. You're also going to get How to Keep Your Boundaries. In three simple steps, both of these you're going to need. They're free downloads that will help you navigate this. That's just one of the things I offer. There's also links to all my social media accounts because I put stuff in different places. Spotify, so you can listen to all of my videos. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all of them. For those of you who are in a better financial position, this is also the place to go. Um, Go to the coaching tab. That's where you can book a private appointment. You can sign up for my online master classes. You can join my private group. I also offer free classes for those who are, you know, can't afford things. The point is this. My website is an overwhelming, I don't want to say overwhelming. It's very expansive. And all the free content and information that I provide and all the different ways you can reach out to me and get my help. So again, subscribe to my website, KennyWeiss.net. And if you're looking for solutions to anything, head there first. So let's get started. The first thing you're going to want to do to get started, again, is head to my website, KennyWeiss.net. Go to the Resources tab. You're going to want to download two things, Create Lasting Love and Connection or create lasting love and conquer confrontation 
and how to keep your boundaries in three simple steps. You're going to need both of those so you can parent effectively in, as a targeted parent. So let's start with the first basic ground rules to follow. And the thing is, this is so devastating, we will have a tendency to get filled with the sadness and anger and we'll end up, in many cases, unknowingly become an alienating parent. And so that's why these are the basic ground rules, so that we don't do this to our children, all right? They need one parent to model what it looks like to navigate boundaries, true love and connection without conditions because the alienating parent has created a psychological manipulative dynamic where the love is conditional and they must follow those directives to get connection with them. And so that's why they're doing it is because if they don't, they lose the love and attention of that parent. Well, they need to, if they, we want any chance of them to ever get out of this, they need a life example of a parent who didn't do that, who showed them unconditional love. Now, to achieve that, we need to adhere to some basic ground rules. And the first one is this. At all times, do your best to never speak negatively about the other parent in any way in the presence of your child. All of your hurt, anger, and frustration must be expressed to professionals or friends. Number two, again, I say it twice, don't disparage your parent in any way. Their parenting style, who they've picked as a new partner, their hobbies, their interests, the way they dress, the way they cook, none of it. They're, you just can't go there. Number three, be careful. Don't allow your family members or friends or new partners to disparage your the alienating parent in any way. Sit everybody down. Have a discussion and say, look, my child or our children need support, and this is the best way we can support them. Please don't ever speak negatively about the ex ever in any way. Don't correct them. Let them have their let our, my children have their beliefs and everything about their mother or father. Please don't ever speak negatively about them in front of the children. Also, never include your children in any details around any of the court actions, the custody fight, the divorce, the marriage, none of it. It is none of their business. These are children. They don't have, I don't care, even if they're, you know, 14 to 18 years old, they are not emotionally developed enough to process these details. It is their job to be a child. And when we share the deep, intimate details of court actions or custody battles or the marriage or the divorce, we are surreptitiously co-opting them in and, and, and putting them in a parentified role and making them adult before their time. That's not in their best interest. And remember, our goal is to have one parent that's always fighting for their best interests. So leave out any and all details about court actions or any aspects of the relationship. Also, never withhold parenting time, with, never withhold communication with the uh, alienating parent, child support, no matter how bad their misconduct is. 
don't retaliate with behaviors that will only backfire on you. They will not work. And now what people don't realize is they think they're fighting against the abusive parent. The problem is that affects your child. They will suffer the consequences of that. They will lose out. And also we've now placed them in a position where they have to choose. And I'm going to get to, you know, we can't have discussions with them about this stuff. And, and so we don't want to put them in the middle. We have to take them out of the middle. All right. Um, finally, never express anger or fear with about any of your interactions between your ex um, and your child. Again, leave all the details out, all of your feelings about what they're doing and who they are, past, present, or future. Don't share any of those intimate details with your child. They need one parent who's advocating for them, where they can be safe, where they don't have to choose. They need support, and the best way to support them is don't force them to take sides. So, <laughs> Those are the basic ground rules. Now I'm going to talk about how to respond to the verbal attacks by the alienating parent. Again, I encourage you, download the free resources, Creating Lasting Love and Conquering Confrontation, and also how to keep our boundaries in three simple steps. It's on my website, kennyweiss.net. Just go to the resources tab, scroll about halfway down. You see I have like six of them. Heck, download all of them. But definitely for this, download those two. All right? So, how do we handle those situations when the alienating parent is attacking us? Well, this is what I did. The first thing I did is I hired an expert, um, my counselor, now friend and mentor. Um, we would role play how she would act and the way she would attack me. And luckily, he was an expert in all of this. And so, he would teach me how to respond to things. Now, this type of response is so foreign to us and so foreign to how the world works, I had to write it down. And so the first ground rule I put in place is I would never, ever, 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 if I could, if I could avoid it in any way possible, I would never have any conversations with her in person. They were always on the phone. It allowed me a boundary of safety. It also allowed me to have my script that I had rehearsed and practiced. So I was able to hold it in front, because I, look, I was scared to death. Like this woman scared me. I have an old friend who during the divorce had to go do stuff at the house because it was best that I not be there. And I had a construction company and we had to finish the house. And she attacked him one day and just mentioning her name, the hair, like the look that would, the venom is terrifying. And I didn't have the boundaries and skills that I have now. And back then, that's exactly what happened to me is I would just lose myself. I just completely shut down. So I needed a script. And so in that script, the first step, whatever their attack is, I did two things. One, I listened for their her feelings. And number two, I looked for any aspect I could own. All right? So in other words look, we've, we're divorcing because there are problems in the relationship and I'm not a saint. I made a lot of mistakes. And so 
And, and so did you. I mean, we all do. And so, again, we're teaching not only ourselves, but our children how to take ownership. Now, I would never have these discussions in their presence, but I had to learn how to do it. And so when the attack came in, the first thing I did is, wow, you sound really upset. And whatever the feelings were, that sounds very scary for you. And you know what? About this part, you're right. I did do that. Like, I'll just be honest. I cheated on her. I, I was so devoid of self when we were married. No clue who I was. Had no idea how to be a man. No ability to stand up for myself. No ability to ask for my needs and wants. I didn't even know what they were. That's why, you know, I, I was physically and verbally abused. That's, that's a reflection on me. That I picked somebody like that and that I didn't leave when it first happened. That shows you how imperfect I was in the marriage. And so the only way I knew to get out was to create a situation where I'd get caught. So she divorced me. I don't condone what I did. It's not okay. But it was the best I could do with who I was at the time. And that's all we're ever doing is the best we can with who we are. And so I'm sure there are things that you've done that were less than perfect. And so when they bring them up, take ownership of it. Because many times, whatever the discussion was about kids, she'd always bring up, you know, what I did. And I'd go, you're exactly right. I did do that. And it was wrong. I just owned it. I had to learn. That's what a man does. That's what an adult does. An adult takes ownership of their perfect imperfections. They don't justify them. They don't come back with, well, you did this to me. No. It doesn't matter what somebody does. I'm always responsible for my choices. And so if I make choices that are less than perfect, it is my job to take ownership of them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply without blame. And that's one thing we have to remember is, yes, I know you were hurt. I know there were imperfections in the way they treated you. But we get to choose our response, and they're not to blame for that. I could have, like, we went to five different counselors. I could have, and, and they'd always fire them whenever it came about, or she'd always say, we need a new counselor, whenever they'd bring up things she needed to work on. Well, why didn't I stand up for myself? I'm responsible for that. So that's why the first two steps, empathize, wow. Sounds like you're really struggling with A, B, C, or D. And if there's something we need to take ownership of, yes, I did that. <clears throat> so what we're, then step three is we want to repeat what we think we heard. So I hear you're really upset about A, B, C, and D. And you're right. I did do A and B. But I want to see if I can understand what it is you really want. So are you saying that you want to pick the kids up early 
Um, on You want to pick them up Saturday, even though my parenting time ends Sunday night. Am I hearing you correctly? So I repeat back what it is. In other words, I don't argue about whether any of her accusations are true or, or defend myself on any of it. I empathize, I take ownership, and I repeat back what I think I heard to see if we're on the same page. Now, most likely with an alienating parent, they're going to continue to change the topic. They're going to say, no, that's not what I said. You're so stupid. So could you clarify, you know, they're, they're, I handled that, those comments like that in different ways. Um, depending on my level of boundaries, sometimes I had the resources to go, you know, you're right. There are times I have acted stupidly. I don't believe I am in this moment, but you're right. There have been times I have acted stupidly. Again, I just took ownership. And I said, so could you clarify? Did I, it sounds like I heard you wrong. What is it you are requesting? See, I just stayed boundaried. I owned my part. I didn't defend. I didn't escalate. How dare you talk to me? Because it'll never work. You can't. That's what we have to stay away from, is those intense verbal exchanges. And so we empathize, take ownership, and then ask for clarification. Is this what I heard? <clears throat> well, and, and if they keep bouncing around and won't give you a concrete answer, then it's like, okay, well, from what I've heard so far, there are three different possibilities to what you're saying. I'm not quite sure what it is. So when you are, are certain of what it is you're requesting, I'd be happy to hear from you. But I'm going to leave the conversation now. And I'd leave. I'd hang up the phone. I wouldn't, in other words, I wouldn't get sucked into the dance because that's, part, you know, many times with an alienator, not always, you might be dealing with you know, borderline personality, narcissism, um, psychopathy, like there are a lot of sociopathy. There can be a lot of underlying conditions here. And so I won't, I, I had to learn. That's what I had to learn in, in therapy was part of this is I have to stop standing in front of abuse. And so when somebody's being abusive, it's my responsibility to leave. And that's why I would end the conversations. I wouldn't retaliate. I wouldn't get sucked in to all the vitriol. I just set my boundaries and worked on me. I controlled what I can control, me. All right? <clears throat> so those are the four steps when you're dealing with an alienating parent. Empathize. Take ownership of your part. Repeat back what you heard and set a boundary and stick to the boundary. Now, there were times she would be, you know, as I changed to this new model, I'm telling you, they will not like it. And this is why you need to, well, you don't need to. I'm suggesting you download the codependence, um, um, create lasting love and conquer confrontation because it teaches you this confrontation model. It's much more in depth than I'm teaching you here. But we'd never talk like that. She'd never heard that. I've never been boundary. She could always just get me to do whatever she wanted. And so she got ballistic. And so as she did that, I would go, you know, this is, this is a boundary I'm, I'm sharing with you of how to respond. Some of the different ways I learned. And one of them was, I hear you're really upset. Um, the tone of voice doesn't work for me. 
you're welcome to keep doing that, but if it continues, I'm going to have to get off the phone. So I'm willing to have this conversation, but the tone of voice needs to be lower. Is that something you're willing to do? No. Got higher. And my response was, okay, it sounds like that doesn't work for you. So I'm going to hang up the phone. If you're ever willing to have the discussion at a lower tone of voice, I'd love to have it. And I'd hang up. And usually what would happen is, you know, the yelling and screaming would just go right over top of what I'm saying. I wouldn't stop and I wouldn't raise my voice. I stayed very boundaried, very in control. I kept my internal boundary. Nobody makes me feel, think, or do anything unless I allow it. And so before I ever would have a conversation with her, I would take 10 to 15 minutes, practice the script, visualize all the different ways she's going to respond and how I'm going to stick to this format. And I wouldn't budge off of it ever. Now, what do you do when it's in person? All right. That's a little more tricky, <clears throat> but it's the same basic idea. Now, what helped me was because, because of my own childhood trauma history, in almost any conversation, like yesterday, I just pulled into the gas station I'm, I went inside to get a drink, come back out, and this woman rolls her car down. She's like, hey, you're the guy on the videos, right? Boom. Instant fight, flight, or freeze. It's just what happens to me. I just, normal conversations. I will go blank and numb and dissociate. I've been through a lot of my life. It just happens. And I just kind of stared at her and kind of smiled. I'm like, I guess, depends on which guy, you know? Maybe it's me, you know, and anyway, we start to have a discussion. But that's, that's what normally happens to me. And then like, you know, 30 minutes later after talking, all that calms down and I go, oh, why didn't you say this, 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 this? It always comes to me afterwards, okay? And that's what would happen to me in her presence. And so I learned a magic phrase. You know what? Let me think about that and I'll get back to you. In those moments when the vitriol is too much, we don't have to have a discussion. If it doesn't work for us, it's okay. Set the boundary. I hear that you'd like to talk about this right now. I wish I could. Let me think about it and I'll get back to you. And if they get ballistic, then it's, I hear that for you it works to really talk about this loudly. See, do you hear, I'm not saying you're screaming at me. There's no attack in the words I'm choosing. This is key. I'm not belittling her or shaming her or judging her in any way. All right? I'm just sharing my assessment of the situation. So I hear for you that it works to talk about this, you know, in a really loud voice. It doesn't work for me. Um, as I said you know, let me think about it and get back to you, but the loud voice doesn't work for me, so I'm going to leave. And I'd leave. And I didn't care if she yelled and screamed as I went out the door. I wouldn't bite, you know. And, and the thing is, in many cases, the kids were around. It was my job to show the kids what it looks like to have boundaries, to be safe, to not put up with abusive behavior. That's why, you know, the basic ground rules. Our kids need a model of what it looks like. They won't be able to do it yet. 
But maybe when they're adults, 25, 35, 45, they might have the ability to do it then, but they need to see what it looks like. And that's why it's so critical that we don't bite on the alienator's attacks. And instead, we, we sit and think, what's my boundary? We set the boundary. We don't stand in front of abuse. We don't argue about abuse. We don't point the finger about the abuse or anything. But we just set the boundary and we remove ourselves from the situation. That's how you respond to the attacks from the alienating parent. Now, <clears throat> what about when your children attack you? The, for most people, it's going to be very natural and normal to want to correct it and say things like, that's not true, that's a lie. Your mother or your father is lying to you. Why would you believe that? Or don't ever speak to me that way. You know, get very elevated and scream and, and think that we need to fix this in our child. They need to see the truth. Well, here's the problem. They're children. They can't process what's happening to them mentally and emotionally, and psych most of all, psychologically. This is too big for them. And the second we start saying things like that to them, we are now belittling their reality. Right now, the best truth that they construct, that they can construct, is that we are the evil one. Well, I know this sounds counterintuitive, but all of the experts I talked to said this to me. The best choice you can make, Kenny, is to let them. When they become adults, as they get older, they might see it. It's your best chance for them to see it. But if you argue back and you respond to all of these, you just become another alienating parent and you sentence your children to a life of purgatory. They will never be able to access, well, not never, their chances of ever being able to access their true authentic self and reclaim themselves drops dramatically because they've never seen a healthy model of what it looks like. All they've seen is two parents fighting over who needs to be right. Well, that creates tremendous uncertainty in the child. They are now, neither parent is there to care for them because the parent is more interested in their own emotional needs of I have to be right and I have to control and have prisoners. And so where's the child in this? Completely abandoned. Nobody's caring for them. We have to be above it. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We have to be an adult. We have to carry the burden for our children of what they're experiencing. That's our job as their parent, is to do for them what they can't do for themselves because they're children. And so don't respond to their attacks. Don't bite on it. Love them.
do for them what they can't do for themselves so that maybe one day as an adult they'll be able to do it but if you respond back and try and change this is what this is what's called changing or arguing with their reality you strip them of the ability to ever see the true reality all you do is reinforce the prisoner status that they're caught in okay <clears throat> so you don't want to call them lies internally what you want to do in yourself to help you navigate this because we know they're lies all right is to attribute them to a bad memory they just don't have a good memory do you see how that takes away the anger at them also the responsibility on them to get it right do you see how it lifts the burden and we put the burden on our back my child just doesn't have a great memory that's okay see we we're going to carry the burden for them that's our job they need one parent who's willing to be a parent who's willing to love them unconditionally and so we will carry the burden of their lies as a faulty memory that's how we protect them all right now, this is, the, I'm going to give you a phrase to respond to those attacks. And I'll just be straightforward with you. When in the beginning, when this went on, my parenting time, almost all of it was spent with my kids accusing me. Well, mom said you'd, and I'm not going to get into the details. I don't know that that matters but they'd go mom said you did this and mom said you did this and mom said why'd you do this and why'd you do that and they weren't true and I'll never forget I lost my cool once we we're at this pizza place <laughs> and they accused me of stealing money and it was their mother who stole the money and I just lost it. I slammed the table. That's not true. I didn't steal any money. And I caught myself. And I'm like, Kenny, what are you doing? And I paused. And here's the mantra that I repeated to my kids over and over and over and over. Whenever they attacked me, I said, you know, your mom and dad love you. And we disagree on how to parent you and on many things. But your job isn't to be an adult and to figure these things out. Your job is to be a child and have fun and do fun things. And so this information is adult information. And I'm not going to share it with you because you're kids. But I want you to know that both your mother and your father love and adore you. We just see things differently. And no matter what they attack me with, that's not true. You don't love us. If you loved us, you'd tell us. I can totally appreciate you feeling that way. I get it. It's confusing. I know you want the information. But from all the experts I've talked to, they've all said the best thing is for you guys to be kids and focus on having fun and stuff like that. And yes, there's some tough, some tough things between your mom and dad that don't make sense. And I'm sure that's confusing, and I know you'd like to understand that. But that's adult information. 
And so, again, your mom and dad, we both love you. And it's your job to be a kid. I just wouldn't move off of that. I'd empathize with their feelings. And I'd communicate to them that both their mother and their father love them. That we just saw things differently. And it's okay that we see things differently. Not everyone has to agree. And that the information they wanted is adult information. And it's their job to be kids. And I can't, man, I just felt like I was a record stuck. It's like all I said for several years, over and over and over, was that phrase repeatedly. That's how you respond to your children if you want to parent them properly. And you want to give that you want to carry the burden of the pain they're experiencing and model for them unconditional love and support so that maybe one day as an adult, they'll choose it and they will choose reality and they will gather information and move out of that prisoner role that they're stuck in right now. So those, most of these, because most of the alienation happens prior to 18. So that's primarily what I'm talking about here. Now, what do you do when they get older? And what do you do when they stop speaking to you? Which is the situation I'm in right now. Now, this is tricky. There will be unique situations. I know that many people feel the best thing to do is beat their kid's door down and beg and plead and demand a relationship. I'm not going to tell you not to do that. It's your life and you're the parent and you get to decide. What I can share that is in my life experience, a codependent that choice is a codependent choice. And it's the mistake that the parent doesn't see is their what they think is a passion for connection with their children is actually a codependent need within them to be recognized as a parent. They want validation. They want the relationship. It's all for them. Well, at least in my book, that's not unconditional love. It's not our job is to take it. And I know people say, honor the mother, honor the father. They owe us. We And I just, I don't view parenting that way. I have a different view on parenting, I, a non-codependent view. And my view is this. When you make the choice to be a parent, you have decided that for a minimum of 18 years, you are going to give up most of your pursuits, most of the things that matter to you. Your job is one, Go become an expert, read books, work with professionals, learn how to be a parent because none of us are taught and all the models we've seen from our parents and TV and everywhere else is dysfunctional. And so it's our responsibility as a parent to learn these things. And we do that because it's also our responsibility to create an emotional environment where they become what they want. They are not there. I hear so many people talk about kids as to what they're going to get from it. A girl to play dress up with, a boy to play sports with. That's not, I don't, it's not our job as a parent is to get a new toy to play with. Our job as a parent is to sacrifice who we are for their benefit. And that we do freely, unconditionally. They don't owe us once we get older for all we bought and did for them. That's, <clears throat> that's like going into your boss and saying, you know, 
it's enough that I show up here every day. I don't want to do any of the work. And I think it's really rude of you to expect me to do the work. That's what we're saying to our kids is, I shouldn't have to do work. The fact that I brought you into this world is enough. And now you owe me because I spent all this money and time on you. And you owe me relationship and you owe me care when I get older, all of these different things. Now, yes, I think it's wonderful if kids take care of parents, but that's a parent's job. We need to work throughout our life to create a dynamic where we can care for ourselves. Yes, it's wonderful when kids choose to do that, but they're not obligated. They're not obligated. And that's the problem I see with parents who want to chase down their kid and demand a relationship. They're not chasing them down for the child's benefit, which is my belief is why you have children. You have children for their benefit, not for yourself, not for what you can get from them. So that may work for you. And I always honor people doing what works best for them. But for those who recognize, who might agree with me, that that's very codependent, very selfish, self-centered, and not really parenting, um, my choice with my children is to give them space and let them choose what works best for you. In my last video, I read to you the text message I sent to one of my children, who I haven't spoken to in several years. And... For those of you who, let me see, I'll pull it up again so you don't have to go watch that video and you get an idea of what it looks like to not place the responsibility on your children to make you feel better about yourself. <clears throat> and so this is what I sent her because I was sending text messages about once a month, things like that keeping in touch, letting her know I loved her and thought about her. And I started to think about it and I was like, wait a minute, she's not responding. That's a no. That means she doesn't want to hear from me. Think of it. Think of dating. When you meet somebody and send them texts or ask them out and they don't respond, do you keep doing it? No. You respect their boundaries. They're not interested. Well, why wouldn't we do that for our children? Why would we give more respect to somebody we barely know, but not our own child, who's saying by their actions, I don't want a relationship with you right now. And so I finally caught that, another perfect imperfection of mine, and I sent her this message. I just want you to know that I no longer text you because I'm being respectful that for right now, you would rather not have a relationship with me. But that does not mean I'm not constantly thinking about you and wanting the best for you. I always want you to do what is best for you. So I love that you have set a boundary that works for you. I love you. I'm really proud of you. I gave my daughter permission to be who she wants to be right now. I believe that's our role. I put the burden of what she's experiencing on my back. I let her off the hook. You don't have to choose. You can have your mother and you can have me in this way, which is no communication, nothing. 
You are not in the middle. You are burden free, at least with me. Do you see? I'm modeling what it looks like to not put conditions and demand something from our child that they don't want to give us. She's an adult now. She gets to decide what works best for her. And so I'm respecting that. That's my suggestion if you have an adult child. <clears throat> As I talked about in the previous video, I extended this to them, to that same daughter, when she was much younger. And the alienation had gotten severe and I could see that she was torn. She felt miserable at my house because she was so scared she was disappointing her mother. Well, I'll shoulder that burden for you. You don't have to come anymore. That's my belief. It's our job to shoulder those types of burdens, not a helicopter parent and rescue them. This is a diabolical psychological manipulation and destruction of your child. This isn't a failed homework assignment or, you know, what most, this isn't, you know, people could misconstrue this as helicopter parenting. No, this is demonstrating the best way to demonstrate unconditional love for them. It's completely different. Now that, I just realized that sounds like I'm really patting myself on the back. That's not my intent. I didn't know this. I had to learn this from experts. So this isn't original to me. This is by, remember I said, it's a parent's job to go learn how to parent and become an expert. Well, that's the gift of this situation. I, I did that. I went and read books and talked to experts and found out this is how you handle, this is the most loving way to handle these situations. So that's all I'm trying to say, not going, oh, good for me. Because look, I'm, I still made, look at the mistakes I made. I was breaking her boundaries and then I had to catch it. Like, I make tons of mistakes, okay? <clears throat> so whether you pursue or not, I guess it depends on your morals and values and your views of parenting. I shared with you what my views are. You don't have to agree with them. You can have your own. And so you may decide to pursue if that works best for you. I know in my life experience, that's never, I've never seen that work out well, but maybe it will work out well for you. So again, do what works best for you. Now, what do you do when your adult makes a request for information? Well, this can get tricky because many adults, you know, many parents now want to give their critique along with the full information of what happened. So they want to critique and your mother this and your dad this and they're so broken and they're so, and that's, that's the part we have to leave out. The only time we ever speak about our truth and our reality of what happened during their childhood and the divorce or any of those intimate details from the relationship, the court battle or any of that, the only time we ever speak about that is if they're an adult, meaning over the age of 21, and they initiate the conversation. That's it. You take it to your grave. You swallow it. Remember, it's in my view, it's our job to carry the burden for our children. Now, 
I had one child who started asking me questions, and I'll just be honest, man, I was imperfect. I threw a lot of critiques in there. I crossed the line. I didn't do, I, I would have liked to have been in a better position to have operated from the place I know that I'm capable of. But for whatever reason, on those days, I was not at my best self. And I was very imperfect in how I communicated. I, I'm okay with how I communicated the facts that she wasn't aware of, but I mixed in some critiques of her mother. And I'm really sad about that. That wasn't fair of me to do. I would have liked to have done differently. <clears throat> I guess it's just the best I could do with where I was at the time. But I keep working on trying to get better at it. So that's how you handle the kids' attacks. When they're under the age of 18, find a mantra. You know, your mom and dad love you. This is adult information. I know it's confusing. Your mom and dad see the world different and how to handle these things different. Um, but right now, it's not in your best interest for us to discuss that. Your job is to be a kid. And my hope is your mother and father, we're going to work this stuff out and make it easier on you. So we can talk about anything else but that. And if they kept on it, I would just repeat it. So we can talk about anything else but that. I hear that you really want to talk about that. I'm no longer going to respond. I've let you know where I sit on this. And if they just kept going, I just wouldn't say anything. Okay? That's how you do it if they're under the age of 18. If they're over the age of 21, well, really, uh, under the age of 21, that's how you respond over the age of 21. Then my suggestion is don't ever bring it up unless they ask questions about it. And when they do, leave out your critique of how the parent, what kind of person they are psychologically or whether they're good or bad or any of that. What's that old TV show? Stick to the facts, man. Well, my memory is this. We went to court and A, B, C, and D happened. I know that your mother said E, F, G, and happened. Yeah, the court documents that I have say the exact opposite. So if you're ever curious, you can go look at the court documents and they say the exact opposite of what your mother said. Just leave it at that. Okay? All right. So there you have it. That's the basic ground rules. How to respond when the alienating parent attacks you and how to respond when your children attack you, again, please go to my website, kennyweiss.net, download the free resources, Creating Lasting Love and Connection and Comfort Comfort. Man, <laughs> tongue twister. Create Lasting Love and Conquer Confrontation is one of the downloads. The other one is how to keep our boundaries in three simple steps. For those of you that are going through this, if you need deeper help, if you need to book an appointment, if you want to learn more about boundaries and how to heal the pain that you're going through, please head to my website, KennyWeiss.net. Go to the coaching tab. You can see right there, you can book an appointment with me. You can sign up for the master classes. You can join my private group. Whatever I can do to help you and guide you and role play with you because each of you has your own unique dynamic that you're going on, I'll help you role play exactly how to respond to both the alienator, the kids, keep 
yourself and your children safe and model for them unconditional love and carry the burden for them till they can carry it for themselves. So there you go. My heart breaks for you. This is too big for any of us. I wish it didn't happen, but there is an opportunity here. Don't lose hope. We never know what's coming in the future. Don't give up. It is your job to become an expert in how to be a parent, how to navigate these. And we want to do that every day the rest of our life because you just never know. They might come knocking on the door and we want to make damn sure we're prepared for them and we handle this the right way. They deserve that. We deserve that. So don't stop believing. And who knows? They may never show up. But that doesn't mean there isn't a gift. As I said in the last video, isn't it fascinating that while I have very rarely been a parent to my children, most people follow me and see me as the parent they didn't have. Like, I take a parent role. So maybe our calling isn't to be a parent in the way we think. The point is this. Nothing is ever a problem. Everything is a blessing. As long as we take ownership of our part, we put a plan in place, we do the work, and we stay consistent and religious about doing the work. When we do that, we can live in peace with this. We can be the parent who loves them unconditionally and carry the burden on their back. Enjoy that journey.